Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 71. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on? If you don't know me by now, my name is Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry, and we do that by listening to the stories and taking the advice from the restaurant industry's most successful restaurant professionals. I have a doozy for you today, and I cannot wait to hit play. Before I do, just a quick reminder, connect with me on all social platforms. I don't need to list them. It's 2014. You know what they are. I'm out there. I want to connect with you. I want to know how I can make this show better for you. So I'm open to suggestions. What questions can I ask? Who can I interview? Let me know. I'll do everything humanly possible to make this the best resource for you because I do want to be the number one audio resource for restaurant professionals looking for personal growth in their careers. So yeah, what are you waiting for? Spread the good word. And to thank you for spreading the word, I'm going to share something with you today. But you have to hang out until the end of the episode to figure out what it is. I'll give you a little hint though. It will make uh, your Facebook, your Twitter account, your blog if you have on your website just pop. Uh, It's a great way to create flashy banners, flyers, and you don't need to be a graphic design artist to do it. Really, anyone can do it. Save your money hiring people to do that stuff. You are now an expert. You're welcome. Enjoy today's show. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Garrett Harker. Garrett, are you ready to drop some restaurant bombs of knowledge? Let's do it, sir. All right. I can't wait. So let me just give a quick introduction, then I'll pass it over to you to elaborate. Harker got his start in the hospitality industry at the age of 15 as a dishwasher and a busser. Upon graduating college, he headed west, where his talent in hospitality truly stood out, becoming the youngest general manager in company history working under the Kimpton Group. In the late 90s, Harker headed back east and joined forces with Barbara Lynch to open Number 9 Park, a staple in the city of Boston. He has since ventured on his own to open Eastern Standard Kitchen and Drinks, Island Creek Oyster Bar, the Hawthorne, and Row 34. Harker's accolades are plentiful, but some of his more recent accolades include James Beard, Outstanding Restaurateur Semifinalist, and his restaurant, The Hawthorne, was also a semifinalist for James Beard, Outstanding Bar Program. I mean, this is just the beginning, but it's only a short show, so I can't say everything that you've accomplished. You've had a great career. I'm going to pass it over to you. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Well, I fell into the restaurant business after college. College. We started waiting tables and bartending and was kind of surveying what was in front of me and thinking about what the next plan was, probably included more education. But I ended up fortuitously in San Francisco, and I was, you know, a kid from the streets of Baltimore, landed in San Francisco, started visiting wine country and meeting chefs and farmers that really cared about food, and the rest was history. That's when I realized this was what I wanted 
to do. In the midst of San Francisco, I realized that if I wanted to devote my life to this industry, I needed to put myself in a really intensive learning environment. At that time, the Kimpton Group was, you know, just really interesting company. It had, you know, restaurants that were all individual, distinctive, mostly chef-driven, but it had a company culture that it was really trying to, you know, crystallize and 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 grow. Um, so that was really that's when I decided I was going to go work for the Kimpton Group, and I interviewed with a few of the top people there. They're all pretty much legends in the restaurant industry, and I told them there was no other option for me. There was no other company I was going to work for. Um, so my first job, they offered me twenty-five thousand a year. I said, I'll, I'll take it. I don't care what I'm making. My first year out, I care about you know where I'm headed. Um, and I, my first manager job was, I was the fifth guy on the totem pole at a little restaurant outside of San Francisco. Well, not a little restaurant called Coletto's Trattoria. And then that was you know just such a great, intense learning environment, surrounded by really compelling restaurant people. Um, and then when I, the opportunity, my my wife at the time was from Boston. Okay. And after our second child, San Francisco being a real challenge to kind of. Uh, raise a family. It was, it's, it, it was expensive then, ridiculous now. Uh, so we decided to come back to Boston. Awesome. And um, the rest is history. Right? Yeah, luckily through a few connective tissues like this business operates, I met a woman named Barbara Lynch who was about to embark on her, you know, culmination of her uh, restaurant dream, and that became number number nine Park. Garrett, that is an incredible story. Uh, what really resonated with me in this story is that you, at such a young age, saw the opportunity in working with a group like the Kinton Group just to use that as an, a way to learn. And that hard work that you put in at a young age and just giving it your best and leaving it all on the dining room floor, uh, those that type of hard work will connect you with people in the industry like Barbara Lynch. And, she, and I'm sure her hard work was able to you know, connect her with you. We can learn so much just from working hard and uh, people might think it's luck, but it's not luck. Hard work and effort will manifest itself in opportunity. All right, it is time to get that motivational ball rolling. Uh, so in order to do that, I'm going to ask you to share with us a motivational or success quote or a mantra. What do you have for us? Well, if by mantra, it can be a song lyric that is in my head probably 30 times a day and every day. Uh, it's a song. It's a lyric from a band called The New Pornographers, and uh, it's in my head constantly as I walk around the restaurants. Visualize success, but don't believe your eyes. The success in this industry is so fluid, so it can be so fleeting. So believe what you're doing will lead to it, but never stop striving and challenging yourself. Say it one more time for me. Visualize success, but don't believe your eyes. I love it. I'm going to have to use that one. Thank you so much for sharing it. Yeah. All right. Let's dive into this interview. Um, So let's talk about your it factor. In your opinion, what do you think it is about you that has made you so successful? I would say it's fear of mediocrity is how I would describe it. Um, it's never been fear of failure, and I've always had a drive to accomplish whatever's in front of me. But the real fear I have in kind of the day-to-day analysis of where our restaurants are, how they're evolve- evolving and growing, is a fear that we might slip into ordinariness. 
And that's just something that I try to surround myself with people that can't tolerate nariness. Mm-hmm. And I, I really have to point out one of the things that really appeals to me about you is uh, how often in my research, the topic of hospitality and geniality, or geniality came up. Um, yeah. It has been said that you've achieved enduring success while ensuring that every element of your restaurants uh, or your establishments stay true to the personal philosophy of hospitality. And I got that from starchefs.com. Um, do you want to elaborate on that? Well, I would say this industry is so it's so rich. There's so much opportunity for applying yourself in, in a business sense, being creative, establishing relationships. But really, when it comes right down to it, I have to prove to you that my people care more than other restaurants. And that's what we're driven to do, whether it's myself and in the moment and how I can touch a guest or how I might put a team together and inspire them that in any, when they wade into that, that service experience with the guest, they will not miss an opportunity to take it from the ordinary to the extra special. I love it. Uh, it's so important. Like, and you said it, the word caring, that's really what it's all about. That's what this, this industry stemmed off of the hospitality industry, helping people traveling to give them shelter, to, to care for people. And that's, that's our core. So we have to go back to our core. We have to constantly be reminding ourselves, this is what we're about. Food's secondary. It has to be good. But if people don't feel special and they don't feel cared for and they have those higher needs being uh, satisfied, then you're not going to make it. So thank you so much for elaborating on that. Um, thank you. No problem. Do you want to uh, m- mention anything else? Do you have any other it factors before we move to the next question? No, I would say when it comes to our team, we're trying to establish, I mean, the restaurant industry for me, I call it competitive empathy. And, you know, you mentioned earlier about coming from, you know, always being on a team um, and playing sports in your upbringing. I share a lot of that same background and, you know, I would say after graduation from school, that was something I think that I really felt like I was missing in my life and I wanted to have. I wanted to have a team environment and I wanted to compete and the restaurant industry certainly provides that. We have to compete, but we have to do it in an empathetic way. We have to demonstrate and influence our guests and reaffirm at every moment how much we are devoted to their... Garrett, I'm so happy you bring up the topic of empathy because it's so important in this industry to be socially intelligent and empathy is a huge part of social intelligence. I'm reading Daniel Coleman's Social Intelligence right now, an incredible book, a must read for anybody in the service industry. You, you need to have that empathy. You need to put yourself in the place of your guests and anticipate their needs and to feel what they're feeling. And if you have that ability, it's an extremely powerful tool. The next question I have for you, Gary, is how do you apply your it factor in your life. Give us a story about a time you used your fear of mediocrity and your, you know, ability to be uh, hospitable and driven. And, you know, when did this strength, when did this it factor get you through a tough time or how did it get you to the next level? Well, I go back to the beginning of my experience in the industry with the Kimpton Group and they had a very, you know, very innovative culture. And whenever they opened a new restaurant, they put a team together of current general managers to go embed themselves in in the new opening, spend three weeks or so hands-on, working the floor, training the staff. Now, I watched them from a distance because I wasn't a general manager, and I thought, wow, that is really cool, and I 
let my mentor know, the, the guy that hired me, hey, I want to be on that team. He said, that's great, but you need to be a general manager first. And there was an opportunity that came up. One of the GMs, something came up in their family, and they couldn't travel to, to uh, Portland, Oregon for a new opening. And I told Pete, I said, I'm in, man. The, you and me are the only ones that have to know that I'm not actually a general manager yet. Uh, and I went on that team, and it was terrifying to be part of a crew with so much at stake. You have a brand new, you know, brand new restaurant that everyone's invested themselves in. But I went on that team, and you know, just being having the opportunity to kind of just be a part of a crew like that and start to exercise kind of the the messaging that would become part of my my future. But it was really an opportunity to take a chance. I could have failed spectacularly. I'm sure I was the weak link, but you have to put yourself in challenging situations if you want to advance and grow in this industry. Garrett can see my face right now, and he sees that I have a huge shit-eating grin spread from ear to ear. What you're saying is resonating with me so much, Garrett. Uh, I've heard time and time again that if you're not scared shitless, then you're doing something wrong. Mario Andretti has said, if you don't have control of your car, you're not going fast enough. We need to constantly be pushing ourselves. We need to be outside of our comfort zone and it's when we're outside of that comfort zone that we grow as a human and we develop and get better so if you are comfortable right now push yourself harder get better and uh just you know always be improving so the next question I have for you, Garrett, is on the topic of failures. Obviously, you're super successful, but I'm sure you have experienced some failures. So tell us about a time you did fail, how you overcame this failure, and what you learned from it. Sure. I would say, you know, I go back to the to the beginning of Eastern Standard, which is our flagship restaurant in Kenmore Square. It's coming up on its 10th anniversary. It was really my first opportunity to be an owner. I had partnered up with Barbara in a couple of spots, B&G Oysters and the Butcher Shop. But at Eastern Standard, I was the sole owner. And when we opened the restaurant, I thought I knew how to open a restaurant. It wasn't my first time. I put the team together, established some goals. Um, and about six to nine months in, I looked up and I realized we had veered completely off course. It was a really lonely period of time for me. And I really after a lot of reflection, realized that making that leap from a manager or a partner when you're working your ass off on behalf of other people and then making that leap to where you're doing it for yourself was really challenging for me. I missed if my old partner had told me to run through a wall um, to advance the goals of the restaurant, I would do it. Um, but at Eastern Standard, it was it was my voice and I just lost touch with it. And about nine months in, I realized I need to take my awareness and my effectiveness to the next level. That's when I sort of dug in and realized, like, I need to establish sort of personal ability to establish where the restaurant is going. And I need to become the kind of, you know, the engine that makes it that makes it go. You know, I need to do it in my own words and on behalf of my own vision, um, and that was a really tough adjustment. And I've watched some young people who have made the leap into ownership kind of go through a similar kind of thing. When you're working on behalf of someone, it's really mm -hmm. easy to somebody hand you the game book 
and you execute. But when you have to create the game book, it's a different skill set. And it's not one that I was naturally good at. There was a lot of risk. Um, but thankfully, we stayed with it. And uh, ES started ascending. And we got better. Awesome. Such a great story. And it, I mean, to me, it just reminds me of how people say you, you have to, you know, learn yourself, you know, and lead within before you can lead others. So it sounds like you had that um, where you're always operating under something and working for somebody. Now that you're at the top, it's like you have to figure out yourself in that, that role before you can lead the, the people that are, are beneath you. Does that sound accurate? Absolutely, Eric. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's the first half of the interview. We're going to jump into the second half, which I like to call knowledge bombs. And are you ready just to drop some big old bombs of knowledge on us, Gary? I don't think anyone will get hurt. <laughs> well, These are not dangerous bombs. There are going to be some pretty big bombs if we might okay. get hurt. I don't know. All right. The first question I have for you is uh, what advice do you have for funding a restaurant? Uh, take money from people that will celebrate your success and stick with you when things are challenging. If you're in a room with a potential investor and they start asking, you know, drilling down on ROI or talking about the value of money five years out, shake hands, pack up your stuff and move on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Garrett. Uh, it's so important to have those good relationships with your investors. Uh, the next question I have is how do you find good people in this industry? The overriding thing for me when I hire someone is the minute I decide that you are coming on my team, I believe in your unlimited potential. It's not a trial. It's not, I'm not going to, you know, bring you on board and, and, and wonder whether this person's going to contribute or not. Hire someone and hire them with the absolute conviction that they're going to be a superstar in this industry. Um, and if they get off to a sluggish start or things aren't, things are misaligned, then you devote yourself to reorienting them and sparking some kind of um, desire for themselves to, to get more productive. Um, but everyone that comes on my team, I believe that they're going to be the next significant impact person in our collection of restaurants. And once you find this rock star, this person that you're convinced is going to be a significant part of your team, what do you do to keep them on your team? Every day I teach them something, and I don't mean me. Every day someone, one of their colleagues, teaches them something. And every day they're required to teach one of their colleagues something. Gary, I had a feeling the topic of education was going to come up in today's interview. When I was researching you for the show today... I read in Restaurant Hospitality Magazine, you stress the importance of education in your restaurants, and that's an extremely great quality to have. Uh, I was reading Peak by Chip Connolly, and he talks about how meeting the higher needs of an individual and education, uh, expanding on oneself is one of those higher needs. And if you can tap into that, your team's going to grow and be better. Garrett, the next question I have for you is on the topic of teamwork. There's no questioning the importance of being able to work as a team in this industry. So what advice do you have for us when the cucka hits the fan and we need to band together to get the job done? Well, this is where a lot of us in the restaurant industry get this completely wrong. But in my opinion, the most successful people under pressure are the ones that spend time 
when it's not 8.30 on a Saturday night, when it's not, when they're not under the gun. They spend time establishing relationships in the restaurant, learning about their colleagues and peers. Then when the shit hits the fan and they're under the gun, they have an established relationship that they can, they've invested in. They can motivate people around them to act on their behalf. I mean, we get that so wrong in our industry where I see a server who has no idea what the dishwasher's name, doesn't get to know the bussers, doesn't know the line cooks, but then when she screws up an order and needs something in the moment and on the fly, why is that person motivated mm -hmm. to come through for, for her? So, you know, my advice, and I always look for it as a quality and, um, in our potential high performers, you know, they're the ones that are spending time during family meal thanking the dishwashers and the line cooks for making a great meal for them or, you know, thanking the bar back at the end of the night for keeping the glassware. Mm -hmm. um, we're all going to have moments in this business where it's overwhelming, where we're under pressure and the odds seem really stacked against us. And the only way to get through that is as a collective team effort. But if you're not part of a team, you're on your own, and that's tough. That is such incredible advice. I love it. It reminds me of what I learned during my training to become a commercial pilot. One of my biggest takeaways was a saying that always came up at the school Never sit fat, dumb, and happy. When you have downtime, that's when you should be working on making your life in the future easier. What can I be doing right now when I have time to make my life later when I don't have time better? And building upon relationships is one of those things you can do in your downtime. It's like Stephen R. Covey says in Seven Habits of Effective People. It's the seventh habit. Proactivity. Be proactive. So awesome. Great advice. The next question I have for you is what's one industry resource that you would recommend for our listeners? Uh, I would say overwhelming best resource is TED.com. The uh. TED is absolutely a part of our, you know, both our, you know, sort of our community efforts to make each other better. But they're also, they go to the heart of my own sort of personal attempts to become more effective and aware. Um, yeah. We invest a lot of sort of resources in, in, um, in communicating those and inspiring those and, and kind of modeling whatever opportunity we have, modeling our pre-meal off of those. Mm -hmm. TED it's learning for learning's sake and it's absolutely essential. I, I remember uh, the beginning of this interview, somebody said that they were concerned about being, uh, you know, they're like, I don't know if I'm going to have a lot of good things to say. I'm like, I'm sure you're going to be fine. And you're proving uh, yourself an extremely valuable guest because I love TED Talks. Um, it's so, I, I made a kind of a, a goal to give up watching TV. And instead of watching TV, I watch an episode of TED's. I try to watch one episode a night. It's incredible. In 10 minutes, your, your world just gets rocked. You're like, I never even thought of looking at it that way and it just sheds a different perspective on life and pushes you to try harder um, and to, to accomplish more and Hey guys, I just want to take this time to remind everybody at home that they can head to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 71 to find links to all of the resources and books we talked about in today's episode. Uh, also, you can find links to head over to audible.com where you can pick up your free audio book today. 
or you can go to www.audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. Some of the books we talked about in today's show, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Chip Connolly's The Peak, uh, these are all incredible books that will help you be a better leader in your restaurant, and you owe it to yourself, like we say, to push and continually be growing. So uh, head over to the show notes and check that out. Yeah, what advice do you have for social media? Um, I mean, obviously... The industry is headed in that direction as far as leveraging and connecting with your guests and marketing your brand and uh, getting that identity. So how do you guys market at your restaurants? Uh, Inspired by what we do at the core of the restaurants, you know, we try to weave in recognition of our of our guests, acknowledgement of the restaurant community and how excited we are to be a part of it. Um, And then if we can get a little education in there as well, like we think that is a really good formula. You know, I'm one of the old guys. I'm a couple layers removed from the actual, like, frontline social media. Putting some, you know, putting some kids together who are really sort of really curious and really uh, excited to kind of open up a little portal to what's going on in our our restaurant collection. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's the key. Yeah, that's great advice to, you know, tap into the millennials that work for you. I mean, they grew up with cell phones in their pockets. It's much more instinctual for them to get on these platforms and to start creating content. And don't overthink the content. Like you say, just think of what how you would interact with anybody. And like you say, education is a huge part of your restaurants. Uh, educate your guests and use these social media platforms to do that. So awesome advice. Um, so... Which of these marketing efforts, educating people or whatever it is you're doing, are you seeing the most return on? Well, I would say education is really at the core of what we do. And the extension, the natural extension of that is the is the what I call the layered guest relations Mm -hmm. that we look at every opportunity of a guest in front of us is to establish not just a little spark in the moment, but a long term relationship and Education can be a component of that. You know, we can we can put a white wine in front of you and take you back to your honeymoon in the Loire by teaching you know by by teaching you about Chenin Blanc and how delicious it might be with oysters. Um, <clears throat> but it's really you know that person that that somebody on our team has to be that sort of motivated and confident in the material they have at their at their. You know, you know, it's it's a great opportunity too to um, find a reason to educate yourself, so you can learn what you're, or you know, learn what you're uh, finding, and then sharing it with other people, and using that for content to put on your social media platforms. So it's all good stuff. So Garrett, the next question is on the topic of the products and services that are coming into our industry every day. It's no secret that there's technologies that exist that can help us be more productive and more effective, but it's hard to filter through which one of these services is worth our investment. So what can you give us a, a complete objective review on? Uh, I have a hard time, you know, with this topic because I think at its core, what this industry is, is about, you know, the social interaction mm-hmm. and it's the motivation and the striving to always be in the moment and always look for an opportunity you know, technology certainly helps facilitate facilitate certain things, and in, in in the sense that, like, we we're very dependent on Open Table. We use Open Table. I think it's one of the most impactful methods that we have to retain guest information. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's because you know Open Table has become so prolific in our industry because for years we've just been so bad at answering the phone, and in, in you know over the phone 
establishing any kind of connection to the guests or making them feel like we are actually competent at, at what we do. It's a challenging, it's kind of, you know, it's an arena that I'm not, you know, we, we preach really sort of old school kind of approach on the floor that, you know, day in, day out, we're going through the sort of human, the sort of human um, connections that we're trying to establish. Um, we don't do a lot with kind of the, you know, any of the sort of advanced yeah. technology. No, you, know. you bring up an important point. I think a lot of people, they, uh, ad, ad, you know, adopt these new technologies thinking everything's going to be like hunky-dory and all right. But the purpose of getting some of these new technologies like Swipely or like Hum Systems or Hum, uh, it's to gather data and to gather information so you can reinforce those relationships that you're talking about. So you can make it more personable. I mean, we, you can only remember so much about one person. Uh, and then when you have hundreds or thousands of people that frequent your restaurant, uh, and to be able to record this information and to use it to make them feel more special. It's all about making them feel special. It sounds like you guys do that great. Yeah, it's absolutely the future, Eric. We're not, as an industry, we're not going to yeah. go backwards. Yep. But at the same time, any young people coming up through the industry, discipline yourself to to you know get better at that skill. Exactly what you just said, retaining information about the guests and being exactly. able to sort of withdraw on that yep. in, the, in the moment. Don't rely exclusively on technology because nothing will replace your own sort of innate ability to, to demonstrate something on the fly. When you can pick up a thread at, with, a, with a regular guest and ask how their kids enjoyed summer camp up in Maine, there's no way that swipely, swipely or open table can accomplish that. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a tool. And at the end of the day, if you don't, for example, if you don't swing the hammer, you're not going to build the house. So you, you have to be able to use these tools um, and doing them. And it sounds like you, you what you're doing, uh, you have that great ability to connect with your guests. And that's why you're so successful. But we'll move on to the next question. Um, and that is, what is your best advice? If you could just drop one last piece of advice on us um, for somebody who's thinking about opening a restaurant or they have a restaurant open and they just look, you a little extra nudge like what do you have for us i would say make sure that your work ethic is at the highest level if you haven't had you know multiple up multiple uh, experiences where people that are around you are saying god damn you work your ass off probably consider some other path or some other relationship to this industry different from becoming a general manager or a leader or a restaurateur mm -hmm. um, because in the end it's how driven you are that's going to determine how successful i think it was jamie Bisonette, the gentleman who referred me I to know that kid. He, yeah, he, he told me to connect with you i think he said he's part animal uh or part machine part animal or something along the, i can't remember exactly yes. uh but he is a great example of what you're saying you just have to be a workhorse you have to just there are few people that work as hard as <laughs> Jamie Bissonnette. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Thank you for everything. Uh, if you could think of any questions I left out that you think would have made this interview more valuable, what would it be? Where do you get your pleasure every day in the restaurant industry? Where, you know, for someone that's been embedded in the industry for so long, where's the pleasure come from day in, day out? And uh, where do you get the pleasure? My people, my team, you know, 
like I can't wait right now to get out of this office and go walk around <laughs> and see how they're preparing for tonight. Well, we're almost done. I'll let you go in a few more seconds. Um, so let's just wrap it up, and we wrap it up every time by uh, giving you an opportunity to call somebody out. Who is one person in this industry that you admire and think would make a great guest on Restaurant Unstoppable? And I'll do everything humanly possible to get him on the show. As will I. I say we go old school and we go after Pete Sitnik. All right. Partners with Pat Coletto in San Francisco. They have Water Bar and Epic Roast House. He hired me. He inspired me. He's my mentor in the industry, and he's a legend. Pete, I'm coming after you, man. Um, Garrett and I will get you on the show if it's the last thing we do. So uh, uh, here's your opportunity to uh, pitch yourself. uh, Speak to some of the young professionals out there who might want to come work for you. Uh, How can we connect, and uh, where can we find your restaurants? Well, if you are serious about, you know, even um, even getting to know what opportunities might be in this industry, I know, you know, I'm I'm confident that I have a team of people uh, around me. It's not just, you know, you listen to this interview and maybe you've heard something that resonates, but um, come meet our team and you'll see a really like you know, really vibrant, collect, collective atmosphere, um, collaborative atmosphere, and you'll meet some really interesting people that will challenge you day in, day out. Awesome. You've been an incredible guest. You've inspired me. Um, I've grown from this interview. I know my guests or my listeners have too. So, uh, again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come uh, be a mentor and help us all grow personally. Eric, my pleasure. I hope we stay in touch. Oh, we sure will. Don't you worry about it. And uh, best of luck with everything. I'm sure you'll be great. Thank you, sir. Like always, another amazing show, Garrett. There's no question why you're successful, man. I I had a blast talking to you today. You just spit bombs of knowledge all over us, and we are all better for listening to your advice. Uh, I loved your quote, visualize success but don't believe your eyes. I mean, what that says to me is it's okay to be successful, but don't get caught up in your success. You constantly have to be pushing yourself to be better. Like, like we say, Kazin, always push yourself to be better. Someone's always on your heels looking to take over that number one spot. So don't get comfortable. Don't be fat, dumb, and lazy. Always be proactive. Uh, Think about what you can do now to make yourself better later. I really like how you stress education, too. Not just with your employees, um, teaching them something new every day and having them teach each other, but you teach your guests. And uh, when you can teach your guests and they learn something, they're going to associate that new lesson or this knowledge with your restaurant. And whenever they think about it, they will think about you, which is great. It's just a great way to market yourself, uh, to develop not only your guests, but also your employees. Uh, if you can reach those higher needs, like we learned in Chip Connolly's The Peak, uh, we have to touch upon those human higher needs. Uh, it's not enough just to pay people and to, to give them a paycheck, but you have to make them feel like they're a part of the team. You have to feel make them feel like they are growing personally by working with you, and uh, educating them is a great way to do that. Also, for a resource, he mentions TED Talks. Man, I could barely contain myself when he said that. I don't know if you noticed the funny noise I made, but that is such an incredible resource. What it does is it really just makes you check yourself. Are you pushing yourself? I mean, how do you perceive reality? It makes you look at the world differently. It, It rocks your world. You will have a different outlook on life, and you will kind of 
see what other people are doing and it will make you realize that you could be better. Um, and that's what it's done for me. Ted talks are awesome. I challenge you right now, your homework, go to Ted.com and subscribe, uh, join the email list. You'll get all the new videos. There's like one a day that comes out. It's not intrusive and you will become a better person by watching these episodes. They're only like 10 minutes long and the knowledge is just incredible. So do it. All right. At the beginning of the show, I made a promise. I told you I was going to share a resource with you that was going to make you into a graphic design pro. And all you need to do is, uh, sign up for this resource. It's a free resource and you can make your social media pages, your uh, website, your blog, email marketing campaigns really pop uh, with great graphics and anybody can do it. I did it last night at midnight and I just couldn't believe how easy it is. So are you ready? It's called Canva and you can find it at canva.com. That's C-A-N-V-A and I'm telling you guys, uh, this is going to rock your world. It's going to save so much time. No more spending hours uh, just trying to create cool graphics for your marketing campaigns or your website or your whatever you're using it for. Uh, it's quick and it's easy. It's free. And um, you know, you're know you just going to save money whether you're uh, contracting the service out, paying somebody to do this. Uh, you're going to love it. Just check it out. You're welcome. Uh I couldn't wait to share it with you guys. So that's all I have today. Uh, don't forget to head over to the show notes, www.restaurantunstoppable.com. I'll have links to everything we talked about today, including the link to Canva.com, the books we talked about, uh, TED Talks, the notes from the discussions. Everything's over there. Uh, I had a blast. I hope you guys learned a lot. I know I did. So until next time, peace out. <laughs>